You are listening to Motivating from the Six, episode 67. If my head should fall, it's simply to admire my shoes. An interview with four-time author McKinney Smith. You're going to love this one, guys. Let's go! Motivating from the Six. This is a podcast that is intended to change your life. It's intended to motivate you. It's intended to inspire you. It's intended to have you stand up in your circumstances, no matter where you are in your life, and demand change for the better. I'm your host, Jeff Martin of JeffADMartin.com. Thank you so much, all of you, for tuning in today. If you have subscribed, if you have downloaded, if you have clicked play, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because I know that your time is extremely, extremely valuable. So the mere fact that you have taken some time out to allow me to bless your ears for a very brief moment, I am so grateful for that. Thank you so much. Today... We have a fabulous guest on, Miss McKinney Smith. McKinney is a four-time author. She wrote the astounding book called A Walk in My Stilettos, How to Get Through the Struggle with Grace. Now, I know some of you guys are thinking, stilettos, Jeff, that book is not for me. But before you judge, do me a favor and listen to this episode. And I guarantee you, once you get to the end of this episode and you try to pick up that book, you're going to realize that for men, for women everybody this book there's something that you can learn from it McKinney also wrote the book a walk in my stilettos the gratitude journal the walk a walk in my stilettos 111 affirmations to help you heal and also a couple gratitude journal she is a phenomenal woman and you know what I forgot to mention something in the interview She also ran in a political election. And even though she was unsuccessful, there's so many lessons that she learned from that as well. This woman is amazing, and I encourage you to go out there and follow her on all her platforms. Go to Google right now and type in A Walk in My Stilettos, and you're going to see her come up. You're going to see all the places that you can find her books. You can download her new app if you have an iPhone or you have an Android. Download her app. A walk of my stilettos, and you're going to find a lot of affirmations that are going to come to your phone every single day. Without further ado, I'm not going to hold you back from her any longer. Please welcome Miss McKinney Smith. And welcome back to Motivating from the Six. Today I have an awesome speaker and an author, Miss McKinney Smith. McKinney, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Oh, man, fantastic. Thank you so much for being on this episode. So I got to say, you are a four-time author now. Mm-hmm. Is that yep. correct? Yeah, that's correct. Fabulous. So your very first book was A Walk in My Stilettos, How to Get Through the Struggle with Grace. And that was released in 2015. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you have four books, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> well, long story short, it was actually, um, released in 2014 with another publisher. Okay. Um, uh, just to, to keep things authentic and to, um, what I wanted for it going forward in the future, I decided to go self-publish and republished it in 2015. 
Ah, okay, okay. Cool. But okay, so going forward, uh, so we mentioned that book. You have a walk in my stellos, a gratitude journal. We also have a walk in my stellos, one hundred and eleven affirmations to help you heal. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, we have the couples gratitude journal. Is that correct? That's correct. Fabulous. What has how has writing these books changed your life? Um, honestly, when I when I wrote the first one, my hope was to really um, be able to touch at least one woman um, to help her realize that she's not alone. And then when that went international and women from Australia and all parts of the world were reaching out to me, um, that blew my mind. And that's what inspired the second book because they wanted to know how was I able to stay so positive after dealing with, you know, some of the adversities that I shared in the first book. So then I wrote the second one sharing just the affirmations that I, I used. And then the, the gratitude journal was really um, something that I practice every day. Um, and it's like, you hope to create something to help one person and then you end up creating you know, a bag of tools. <laughs> and now I've got women and men um, using them and messaging me on, on how they've impacted their lives. So it's, it's, it's very humbling, mm. uh, to say the least. Amazing. Now, I stole this from your, from your first, uh, uh, first book. You talk about being pregnant at 17, raised, uh, raising four stepchildren at the age of 22, divorced at 30, 30, losing two loved ones to brain damage, and now being a single mother. Uh, take me through your life story and how you got to McKinney Smith, the author today. Wow, okay, so I guess every, every adversity that I've experienced has sharpened me and gotten me to where I am today. And um, today being you know, an author, personal development coach, and, and speaker mentoring women and young girls, I never would have thought looking back, say, I don't know, 20 years ago, that this is where I would be. And um, like you said, I had my first child at 17, and obviously that wasn't planned. And society wasn't kind to me at that point. They were like, you know, you're this young girl. And it, of course, I looked like I was 12 when I was 17. Um, so they looked down on me. They didn't expect much of me, but I knew that I wasn't going to be a statistic. I knew that that wasn't the end for me. I knew that... Um, I guess deep down inside, I'm a, I'm a little rebellious. And I was like, mm, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm going to show you guys. I will show you. And all the other experiences that came after, um, I mean, like you said, raising four stepchildren in my early 20s um, was um, a huge, I'm going to say, role that I took on. Um, you know, when we when we love someone, we're, we're blind to a lot of things. and um, my ex-husband came with uh, a package. It was a package deal. Mm -hmm. So I, I loved his kids like they were my own. I mean, I learned that through my mother. So you learned that through your mother? Yeah, so I, I learned through my mom um, how to really, I mean, when you love someone, you take on all of them, everything that comes with it, right? You love them unconditionally. So that includes extended children, extended family, what have you. And at such a young age that was at first extremely stressful. Um, but I, I learned how to deal with it and you know, they were great kids and being divorced um, at 30, I, I didn't see that coming either. And um, 
I say that you really learn who someone is when you're divorcing them. <laughs> you know, you're, you're with someone for almost 10 years and you see this wonderful person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. But the minute that, you know, you file those divorce papers, when things start to fall apart, sometimes it creates a monster, someone that you never, ever, ever expected to see. And that was the, a huge struggle within itself. I mean, going through that process, I mean, he basically banned me from seeing my stepkids, like no contact, no nothing. Um, obviously that had an impact on my children. Um, and, you know, moving forward to being a full-time entrepreneur, single mother of three, <laughs> that in itself, um, I'd say one of the, the biggest challenges that I've had to overcome thus far. Wow. Wow. That's definitely a lot. And, you know, I'm not going to ask your age now, but you definitely have lived some life in the time frame that you're here. And, you know, when we go through certain things, I do believe that there's always lessons that we can learn. Uh, things that we can take, no matter how difficult the circumstance is, um, the things that we've been through in our lives, there's always something, some type of jewel, some type of um, the blessing, so to speak, that we can learn from these circumstances to kind of propel us forward. Would you believe that as well? Do you, do you agree uh, with that? Most definitely. I mean, when my, when my sister passed away in 2012, that was a point in my life where I was still extremely introverted, very shy. Um, basically she was my voice. She spoke up for me and, you know, it was very hard to deal with, but today that's forced me to find a voice of my own. You know, um, it's inspired, it's inspired me to want to leave a legacy for my children. It's inspired me to want to help other women, you know, build a legacy for themselves. So definitely my, my, um, my adversities and the things that have happened to me have, have built me up to be a stronger woman today. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Now, of course, the, the line of books that you have, they're called the walk of my stilettos. So automatically as a guy, he's thinking, you know what, I'm going to stay far away from this book. However, you just mentioned that there's a lot of guys who've learned lessons from this book, who have come to you, who have written you emails. Tell me about that a little bit. Like how can this book, uh, what can men learn from this book? Okay, so yes, a walk in my stilettos. Um, it's it's really uh, you know the metaphor like a walk in my shoes, right? Of course. So I mean, I'm I was known for my stilettos, so I had to personalize it and make it my own. But it really is not. I'm going to say a, a chick book. Okay. <laughs> I've had um, so if you look on Amazon.com, there's some amazing reviews for men. Mm -hmm. um, and the impact that's had on their lives. I've heard from men that were experiencing divorce and read my book and said, wow, look, it helped me mentally deal with how I accepted, um, you know, the, the circumstances of my divorce. I've heard from men who, um, you know, were dealing with, um, you know, other types of relationship issues, um, other men that had to take on step stepchildren and weren't even sure how to deal with that or, or, you know, interact with them. So I give tips and tools on, on so many different life um, experiences because I've had so many that it doesn't just relate to women. Mm, okay. I mean, mind you, um, the, the original book when it was first published in 2014 had a giant stiletto on the front cover. And I remember um, a man 
messaging me, I believe it was through social media, saying, you know, he loves my book, but he hides it between a newspaper so he can read it when he's <laughs> on the subway. <laughs> okay, okay. So when I had it republished, I removed the, the giant stiletto off the front cover so, you know, a man can walk around with it confidently. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because I remember years ago when I first really got into reading, I was big on uh, Eric Jerome Dickey books. Mm -hmm. And Eric Jerome Dickey books and some of those books, um, I can't remember some of the other authors, but Omar Terry is another one, but that those type of authors on the cover would have like a man and a woman kissing or something like that. I'm like, I'm too big and macho to be walking around with this book on the subway. So I would actually do the same thing and kind of cover it with a newspaper yep. and read it secretly so no one would see the cover. Yes, yep. <laughs> so I can, I can relate to what that man is saying. However, saying all that though, the content of your book, that's really what it's about in terms of helping people go forward through their circumstances of divorce, of separation. Um, you talked about having stepchildren as well, which kind of brought a thought to my mind. Steve Harvey talks about his children and he never calls them stepchildren. Right. He calls them his children because in the end, when you start using step, you have this separation. You, you add the separation to the circumstance and it's almost like subconsciously you're telling the child that the child's not yours. Yes. So using the word children like you would with your own children is really the way to go. Would you kind of agree to that? Yes, yes I agree. I mean, even with my, my half-siblings, I mean, I've got uh, a large amount of, um, I'm going to say, half-siblings. Okay. I don't, I don't call them that. I call them my sister and my brother. I don't call them, you know, my, I don't even know, my what have you. Like, we have the same father. Um, so they're my, my sister or my brother. I've never referred to them as, as anything other than that. And I talk about that in my book as well. Okay. Okay. So you are, I imagine, very open with things that you've been through, circumstances that you've gone through in your life. And you're telling these stories now to help people. There's a line in your book that you say, I have a story to tell, a story that I have kept a secret due to shame. Mm-hmm. So there was shame towards some of those stories that you had. Yep, in the past. What has made you step out now? What has, what has helped you to realize that your stories need to get out there? So I've invested a lot of time and a lot of money into personal development. And that's how I decided to become a personal development coach. But um, understanding mindset, understanding um, other people's perceptions, understanding when subconsciously, you know, if we're ashamed of something, how we deal with that and how we deal with our relationships with people going forward. And in order for me to heal from that, I had to learn um, to accept all of me. So it's easy for me now to be transparent and authentic and open about certain things other people are still trying to sweep under a rug and to hide and, um, you know, run from talking about because there's still, there's still shame attached to that. But um, I, I read in a book with uh, Dr. Brene Brown, you know, shame loves secrecy. Yes. So, you know, for me, it's I am open. I am shining a light on all the things that you would expect someone to be ashamed of so that you can't shame me. I'm, I'm not I'm not I don't feel bad about it. It happened. Fabulous. And I love that because that shows the level of confidence that you have now you have a line that says and i love it you say if my head should fall it's simply to admire my shoes <laughs> yes describe what you mean there um so i mean as i, I don't i 
was going to say as women, but as people, <laughs> we um, should be able to hold our head up no matter, no matter what. And oftentimes because of that shame factor, you know, people, they hold their head down in shame. They walk with their head down in shame. Sometimes you can see it when you walk on the street and you look at total strangers and, and how they walk, how they carry themselves, their demeanor. And I can hold my head up high despite what I've been through in the past. And, and I'm, I'm good with it. Like I, I love my shoes. I love my stiletto. So if I'm looking down, it's, the, it's for a positive reason. <laughs> right, right. It's not because you're hanging your head in shame. It's not because of what you've been through. It's right. you are able to, you, you've, you have been able to get through your circumstance and hold your head up high. That's right. That's right. Chapter 10 of your book, it's entitled, Turn Your Mess Into a Message. I love that. There's so much that can be said out of that line. What did you mean by that line? Turn your mess into a message. Um, so like I said before, a lot of people take their, their past and because they're ashamed of it, they don't want to talk about it. I've been able to um, turn my past circumstances around, you know, circumstances that other people would look at as a mess, you know, in, in terms of having a child um, as a teenager, child myself, um, you know, experiencing divorce and all those things, I've been able to help other people get through those things because I went through it. I've experienced it. I was there and I've taken the wisdom that I've learned from that and the positive, um, the, the positive outcome from it so that I can look back to people who are still there and show them that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Here are some of the things that, that I did to get through that, or here are some things you can do so you don't have to actually experience things as rough as I have. Mm, okay. And of course, you know, you and I, of course, you can combine the problems that we have faced in our lives and we still haven't hit the, uh, the amount that's out there. There's still, a, there's a ton of things that are going on out there in people's lives. There's a ton of problems that they're facing, but the way I see it is I don't necessarily have to go through those specific problems. I've had my own problems. You've had your own problems as well, McKinney. Mm -hmm. And it's all about learning from those problems and taking them forward. And so when you talk about sharing your message, you know, I may not have been to jail, but perhaps I have a story in my life that can kind of relate to someone who's been through a similar circumstance or, or, or like yourself as well. You may have had things in your life you've been through. Again, I, you know, God, God's been good. So at this point in time, I haven't experienced cancer. I haven't experienced a terminally ill disease. But again, I, I think with our stories, we're still able to talk to people who are going through um, a, a plethora of different circumstances. Would you agree? Um, most definitely. Um, an example of that is uh, last February, so I believe it was February 2017, uh, I went to uh, South Africa to do a book signing. And mm. I didn't, I guess it wasn't um, communicated at the time that they expected me to, to speak. So although I was prepared to share my story, I didn't necessarily have anything prepared. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to have everyone here, I'm going to give them, you know, three to five minutes to share their story. I want to know what everyone, you know, where everyone's coming from, what they're experiencing. And whether it was a woman, whether it was a man, whether it was a young person, whether it was a senior, everyone's story, there was some part of it that everyone else in the room could connect to. So mm -hmm. we, we didn't necessarily have to have gone through their exact experience, but we could relate. 
Right. So that just showed all of us how how connected we are. Like it's so it's social proofing because a lot of people feel like they're going through something on their own. They're the only one experiencing it, so they're gonna keep it to themselves because they're ashamed and what have you. But then when you're in a room with a bunch of people who are sharing their story and you're like, Oh, you experienced that too? Oh, that's how you felt? Oh, what like it's it, it makes people feel so much better about themselves and they learn so much about themselves and other people. Absolutely. It really brings a, a, a greater bond to humanity because you can be born in a certain demographic. You may have a certain skin color. You may have money in your pocket. You may not. But when it comes to these human uh, uh, things that we, we go through, um, it, it really does bring us together because as humans, again, no matter what demographic you fall in, no matter how much money you have on you, we all go through very similar circumstances. We all lose loved ones. Yep. We all, uh, again, you know, someone in our, our family or friends has maybe come down with a terminally ill disease. We've gone through divorces. We've gone through, like, these are things that we or family members have all gone through. So on the human level, we really can relate to these stories. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You talk about the acronym FEAR, which is face everything and rise. Yes. What does that mean to you? So. I, uh, so the common acronym that I hear for fear is uh, false evidence appearing real. And for me, perception is a big thing. You know, how we view things, how we see things um, determines our reality. Our perception is our reality. So your perception of something can, can be completely opposite of, of mine. And we're looking at the exact same thing. So, mm. um, I prefer to look at it as face everything and rise because everything that I've ever wanted has been on the other side of what I was afraid of. You know, I was terrified before to share my story and, you know, writing my story has been such a blessing. Um, I was terrified of flying on airplanes and now I travel all over the world. You know, I was terrified of public speaking. And when my book was um, published and they told me that I needed to go speak to a, or work with a, a speaking coach and do public speaking, I was terrified. <laughs> um, but my most recent speaking engagement in Washington, D.C., in front of a thousand plus millennials, like those things are so rewarding on how we're able to help other people when we get over what we're afraid of. So face everything and rise. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to use this one. I, I love that face everything and rise because I have heard that other acronym, as you mentioned, false evidence appearing real. And I've also heard someone talk about if I go outside, and I'm walking down the street and a lion shows up, that lion's real. So there's no false evidence there. Like that lion is straight up real. and It's going to eat me if I don't get out of there. Right. So rather than talking about false evidence appearing real, face everything and rise is the exact uh, for me, acronym that, that I'm going to run with because that's exactly what we need to do. We need to face everything. Um, no matter what you have in your life that scares you, you have to step through. You have to continue to push forward and just continue to rise. Yeah. I've heard Will Smith say that God put the best things in life on the other side of fear. Mm, and when I heard him say that, I was like, woo, I, I, I got to steal that one <laughs> because I, I, I do believe that as well. You talked about you know, you being uh, nervous to to speak, you being nervous to be on a plane and look at all the things that have manifested because you've stepped through these fears. Yes, most definitely. I mean, we look at the things that we worry about on a daily basis. And if you really reflect on it, what percentage of those things that we worry about actually ever happen? Mm. So Absolutely. it's 
you know, having that perception that, okay, there's, there's that percentage of that, that it's not going to happen. So go forward. Like, you know, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I spoke about uh, one of my stories on a past podcast where I was super nervous growing up to sing in front of anybody, like even my own parents. Mm-hmm. And sometime in my early 20s, I decided to put myself on stage. I was so nervous to do it, but I went out there anyway and I sang and I did it. And I got it done. I actually got an applause and stuff, and <laughs> which was crazy. But because I was able to face my fear to get on that stage, I do believe that's how I got to where I am today yes. because I wouldn't be able to go out and to speak to people and to try to motivate people and inspire people. Uh, if I didn't at one point in my life, get through that fear of being on that stage. Yep. So you're absolutely right. You have to step through that fear to find out what's waiting for you on the other side and rise with it. Yes. I, th- I think a lot of people are limiting themselves um, because they're so focused on the fear. You know, we need to learn to step out of our own way. We need to learn to embrace what's there because the reason we don't have what we want is because of our, our current limitations, you know, the limitations that we've placed on ourselves. Oh, that's, you hit the nail on the head. Limitations that we set, that we place on ourselves mm-hmm. is so accurate because people do it every single day. And I do it as well. I do it as well. I think as human beings, we do it, but we have to recognize it first and foremost. And then again, step through it, like make a conscious decision to step through it. Don't just watch it and be like, ah, I wish I could, I wish I could. You got to step through it. Decision is, it's a major thing. I think, you know, as children, we weren't necessarily taught to make decisions, but in, in life, you have to be able, all the successful people, they know how to make a decision and they're rarely ever, you know, change their mind. It's learning to make a conscious decision if Mm -hmm. you actually expect and want something to happen. I have women that message me daily saying, well, you know, how are you able to get over, you know, your past heartbreaks and and whatever to be in, you know, the beautiful relationship that I have now. And it's like, I made a decision. I made a decision that I was not going to allow my past circumstances to hold me hostage. I made a decision that I'm not going to allow what somebody did to me in the past control the rest of my life. I made a decision that one person doesn't have that much power over me. It's a decision. Yes. It really, as simple as it sounds, it really is that distinctive decision. And an example that I love to use is having two people, let's say a brother and sister, or let's say two brothers who have grown up in a very similar circumstance. Mom and dad, there was abuse in the home, there was alcoholism in the home, and these two brothers grow up and one of them becomes just like that. He beats his wife. He's drinking all the time. He's, he's an, an ineffective father. And you have the other brother who does the exact opposite, who's out there making, uh, he's an advocate for drinking and driving. He's an advocate for uh, women's uh, abuse and such. And these are two individuals who grew up in the same home. Yeah, and the difference is, is, is the decision. Yep. The decision to say, I'm going to live my life um, the exact opposite of my father because I want to make a difference in the world versus I'm just going to fall on the path wherever the wind blows. I'm just going to go. It's like those tumbleweeds that just blow. And if the wind is blowing to the left, it blows to the left, it blows to the right, whatever the wind is doing, um, as opposed to taking control of your life. That's right. Okay. So you, you talked about growing up a, a second ago, and that kind of seg- segues me into another piece here. So in your book, you talk about having just turned 17 and being an honor roll student, you found yourself being pregnant with your first child. And it wasn't, I wasn't brave enough, you say, to discuss birth control pills with my mother, as her belief was, I shouldn't be having sex in the first place. Now, I want to say that to say 
to talk about where you are now. For those of you who don't know you, if you follow McKinney on her social media, she is always hanging out with her kids. Now, I had an opportunity to meet one of your daughters, Shar, yeah. and um, beautiful woman, by the way, and you hang out with your kids. You're always having fun with your kids. And so talk about the difference there. So when you were growing up, the relationship, I don't know what the relationship was like with your mom. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit to where you are now and the open relationship that you have with your children. Can you kind of touch on that? Um, most definitely. Um, and I, I'd say that starts with the decision. <laughs> right. So, uh, if we look at our parents, I mean, for myself, you know, my, my parents are West Indian background and they, they did the best they knew how to do with the information that they had with the environment that they grew up in. Mm. We even go back to look at how close our, our grandparents and our parents were to slavery. So their mindset towards certain things, certain behaviors, certain habits, right? Um, I made a decision that I was going to be a different type of parent. And, and I love my parents, mind you. Um, but I wanted to have a different type of relationship with my kids. So although I am, you know, the authority figure, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of do what I say sometimes, I'm also their friend. Um, you know, sometimes there could be that, that blurred line um, and you have to set boundaries, but I, I allow them, I'd say more freedom to be themselves. And I think the understanding through personal development and looking at the adults that I coach now that have spent how many years miserable in their lives because they, they did what other people said they should do or what other people expected them to do, whether it be their parents or society, they lost who they were because of you know, the expectation and perception and, and views of, of other people. I openly allow my children to be who they are. I want them to understand whatever it is that God placed inside of them to do, their creativity, their dreams, that's, that's theirs. I'm not going to um, be that parent that says, you know, my, my kids are very creative. They're all artist, uh, <laughs> artistic and super um, creative and imaginative. <laughs> I'm like stumbling on my words today. Uh, so I'm not going to be that mom that says, no, I, you need to be a doctor because you need to do this or you need to, that's, that's not what they want to do. So I don't want to force them into a career choice where they're going to be unhappy and miserable because that's not what they're passionate about. I mean, my, my eldest right now, she's 20 years old and people are shocked when I say she's a tattoo artist. She's always been an artist. She's been amazing with drawing and photography and things like that. And she's, always had a fascination with tattoos and that's partly my fault and her father's fault um, but her art is now on the bodies of so many people and that that's her legacy that she's leaving behind mm. that's, that's her choice so if that's what she's passionate about and that's what um you know that's what excites her then I'm, it's, it's my job to nurture that. Mm. So people look at, you know, me hanging out with my daughter and we're, we're both, you know, in the car on, you know, her Snapchat or my Instagram stories and you can see her tattoos and you can see mine. And I get messages from, from moms all the time saying, you know, they wish they could be that way with their kids, but I'm like, well, you can, 
you know, our, our kids are, okay. It's hard enough to control ourselves, much less somebody else. Yeah. And there's a lot of parents out here trying to micromanage their children because they came from them. Your children are not you. You know, God created us all as individuals. Mm -hmm. So I can't expect my kids to do exactly what I say or what I want them to do. It's my job to give them the knowledge and the wisdom that I can and for them to take that and do with it what they will. Okay, I love that. What do you think the long-term effects will be on your style of parenting for your kids? And I say long-term, your kids are kind of grown now anyway. <laughs> uh, but just in the difference in terms of, of the way you were raised, sounds like maybe a little bit more strict uh, to where you are now with your kids. What do you think the long-term effect will be with your children? Um, my, my prayer is that, you know, they'll go on to be more accepting parents that they'll go on to be more um, happy and passionate adults because they weren't forced to live a life that was a lie or a life that they weren't weren't comfortable or excited about mm. so i'm my my hope and, and prayers is that you know they'll be better adults better better people absolutely and that's ultimately what we want for all of our children Definitely. for all of society really Definitely. The, the, to be as effective and um, uh, giving towards society as possible. That's right. That's right. Is that, you know, a huge aspect of they watch me uh, with a lot of my give back efforts and whether it be <clears throat> time or, or money. So they understand, you know, the importance of making a contribution to this world in this lifetime and the next. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talking about your give back efforts, I got to tell you, uh, we've talked about this before. I commend you about this all the time. So when you were pregnant, as you talked about with your first child, you ended up going to a special high school that was designated for women or, or I guess girls at the age uh, that were pregnant. Mm -hmm. Now today, again, as an accomplished four-time author, you are out there and you're giving back to a school very similar that sets these with these girls apart from everybody else who puts pregnant girls into, I don't know if it's a specialized school, but a school where they can all be amongst themselves. And, and here you are giving back. Tell me about that. So, um, the, okay. So when I was pregnant with my eldest, I went to a school and it was a school and housing facility for uh, teenage moms. And I reached out a few years ago to a, larger version um, of such a school to give back. I wanted to be able to mentor the girls, to speak with them, to help them to set goals, to help them to see that there's more beyond the current circumstance. And that, that's been a blessing because they allow me to come in um, every year and do workshops with the girls. We bring them gifts, we do Christmas drives, we bring them you know, gifts for the girls and their babies. Um, it, it, that excites me. You know, our, our last visit with them, we did a, a goal setting workshop. And when we got there and we first asked, you know, what are some of your goals? And most of the girls said things like they want to be able to just finish school. They want to be able to get through, you know, the rest of the school year and what have you. And by the time we left, you know, some of the same girls were saying, talking about wanting to be lawyers, wanting to open dance studios, wanting to like, you know, 
do all of these amazing things and it's just showing them it's possible. When you were that age, did you have anybody who was able to help you set goals and such? No. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And that's, that's the reality for a lot of us growing up. So saying that now, when you go in there and you're helping these girls actually see a bigger vision, can you see the next McKinney Smith? Can you see the next uh, prime minister, the next president? Greater. I want them to be greater than I am. Um, You know, it's, it's such a, it's a blessing to be able to be a blessing, basically. I mean, when you look, see them, and on a lot of the girls, I, I make sure I stay connected with. So, you know, we follow each other on Instagram and I get to keep up and see what they're doing. Sometimes if I see them posting anything inappropriate, you know, I send them that little nudge and, you know, think about your future, think about, you know, what you're really saying. Um, so it's, it's, it's just such a, a blessing to see them doing better than what they thought they could be doing. I always commend you for that. I love the work that you're doing there because you walk there. You talk about taking a walk in my stilettos. You've been there. I don't know if you're wearing stilettos at 17, but you've been there and here you are giving back to the women or young girls who are were in your exact circumstance, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, I want to see them walk in their greatness. Absolutely, because they can, you can relate to them more than anyone else just because you've been down that path. Exactly. You know, sometimes I ask for testimonials and feedback and what the girls have said is they've had speakers come in there before and that they don't relate to those people. And I can totally get that. So when I come in, I don't come in as, you know, McKinney, you know, the the author and, and what have you. I start my story by explaining to them, I was 17. I was in a facility just like this. I know exactly what you're going through and what it feels like. And instantly they let their guards down. Mm. So again, four-time author, you have traveled the world speaking and, and sharing your book. What is next for McKinney Smith? Wow. So <laughs> um, I feel like 2018 has been such a, a full year already. Um, you know, on, on top of the books, I also released my A Walk in My Stilettos app this year. Yes. And, um, I, I, <laughs> I'm actually pre-recording my A Walk in My Stilettos podcast right now. <laughs> ah, beautiful. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, about eight events um, coming up in September that I'm a part of. Um, I'm my mentor, Bob Proctor, um, I'm a certified consultant for his company, Proctor & Gallagher. Yes. And we've got a one-week intensive with Bob Proctor coming up in two weeks. So, I mean, just in the immediate future, there's so much happening right now. I don't, I don't even know where to, <laughs> what to, you know, highlight. Right, right. Well, that's, you, you got a lot going on, which is amazing. And let everybody know, where can they reach you? Where can they find your book? Where can they, they get more content from you? So the books are available online through all major bookstores, whether that be <clears throat> Amazon, iBooks, Barnes and Nobles, Chapters, you name it. Uh, they're all available there. They're also available through my website, awalkinmystilettos.com. Um, as far as myself, you can find me on social media, Instagram, The Real McKinney Smith, and there's also a page for Walking My Stilettos. Um, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, we're, we're there. Google us, you'll find us. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you've alluded to this earlier, but just for everyone who's listening, 
you know, you might hear, you know, McKinney's an, uh, an established author. So, you know, she's too big for me. I can't reach her. But I could tell everybody that she is so reachable. She is kind. She is loving. She's beautiful. And, you know, she will answer any questions that you might have. She is so reachable. Most definitely. I respond to emails. I respond to Instagram DMs. Um, yeah, I, I love to connect. I have an Oprah question that I've been putting into this podcast as of lately. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> no need to be scared. No need to be scared at all. <laughs> McKinney, what do you know for sure? What is it that you know for sure? What do I know for sure? I know that I was born with unlimited potential. And I know that I was born with gifts to share with other people. Amazing. I love it. I love <laughs> unlimited potential and gifts to share with other people. And I agree wholeheartedly with that. Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. McKinney, as we close this episode, you have somebody who's going through hardships. You have somebody who might have walked the same path as you. They might be going through divorce. They might be going through some type of situation that's real difficult in their life. I want to give you about a minute to speak to that individual right now and let them know some information that's gonna help them along their journey. I would say the first thing is to understand that it can't rain forever. I mean, it can only rain for so long and just be sure that the sun will eventually come out, that you just need to hold on <laughs> and to be strong and to find, um, I'm gonna say, a foundation. You know, I, 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 I'm a believer, I believe in God, and for me, that has majorly helped me through everything that I've gone through. And the bigger the adversity, the more that I hold on to my foundation and understand there's a bigger purpose in it all. And that everything is either a blessing or a lesson that we need to learn. And that it may not look like flowers and, 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 and roses, but understand that when the rain is done and the sun comes out, we've all seen flowers grow between the cracks of concrete. So maybe one other thing is to find at least one person that you can be completely authentic with. And we all have friends that we can celebrate our, our you know, high moments with, but find that one person that you can let your guard down around. Um, and that has helped me to be able to, you know, release the toxins of all the emotions that I'm going through in that moment so that I can get through it. Awesome. I love it. I love it. All right, good people. I will see you at the top of the next episode. Peace.